This is your co-host, Mark, former Hooper, college Hooper, coach, trainer, hoop lover. You can follow me on Instagram at Breaking Barriers Training. Here with my guy since kids, future partner in coaching and business, GZAC. Hey, what's up, man? I'm your other co-host, Gerald, Hooper, coach, trainer, overall lover of the game. Y'all can follow me over on Instagram at GZ underscore hoops. I'm here with my boy since kids and my future coaching colleague. Thanks for tuning in with us and let's get straight to the episode. My boy, what's up with you, bro? Hey, what's good, Mark? How we doing? Good. How you doing, man? Straight, man. Straight. Just uh, enjoying another day and getting ready for episode seven, man, already. Before we get started. I want to first uh, say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, including both of ours. Right. And uh, I want to shout out Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor for the and everyone else that show love on our podcast. For sure, for sure. Yeah, happy Mother's Day to Miss Janine over there, Mark. Uh, had to give my mom a call this morning. Wish her happy Mother's Day from afar. Obviously, wish right, we could right. uh, be together today, but... With everything going on, it's kind of a little difficult there, but just makes our whenever we do link back up, it'll make it that much more special. So, shout out to all the moms. Yeah, out for there. sure. That's all. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Let's dive right into it, man. Yeah, let's oh, get we it. also want to apologize before we get started, too, for the last uh, episode for the technical <laughs> difficulties. Yeah, that was. But it's going to be a better one. <laughs> that was a little faulty there, man. I mean, if, if y'all really listen to that entire episode, Thank you. I mean, it was uh, it was rough on our end too, kind of listening to that back and even deciding if we should throw yeah. it out there. So definitely, definitely a sure, weird episode. Man. But today, today's gonna be another step in the right direction. So let, let's get right to it. <laughs> right, let's get yeah. right to it. Um, For sure, bro. What's the first? So we're topic, gonna man? keep it kind of like we've been going. Um, give everybody some of the um uh, reoccurring NBA updates that we've been following up with. So. Last right. episode, we kind of talked about how last Friday, May 8th, the NBA came out saying that they're going to reopen all their practice facilities. And at that time, only right. three teams bought into that idea, the Cavs, the Nuggets, and the Blazers. And honestly, right. like half an hour, 45 minutes after we recorded that goofy last episode, I seen <laughs> that the Nuggets came out saying like, nah, like we're not going to reopen tomorrow being friday but we're gonna wait till monday the 11th so i mean mm. me i don't really know what the difference is between last friday and may 11th this upcoming monday i mean i, I feel like right, you're right. doing the same stuff regardless uh safety wise exactly i don't know about that one that was kind of weird to me um I'm, maybe they know something yeah maybe don't. maybe i mean <laughs> I'm hoping. Uh, we're we're going to get into kind of uh, the experience within this reopening pro- process. Um, Kevin Love right. came out with a few statements of his own. We'll dive into that in a little bit. But I definitely wanted to talk about, first and foremost, Commissioner Adam Silver holding that conference call on Friday with many players throughout the NBA. I'm sure you're yes. following that with all the watch bombs that were coming out. Yeah, man, I was, I mean, that was big. I mean, once again, you know, when people think he can't surprise you, he go and do it, you know, it's just like, he doing everything he can to send this, 
the league in the right direction from here and to make sure that everybody is first and foremost safe before he tried to go out there and make some money. And I respect that, you know, and, um, you know, I just think it was big that he even, you, you know, reached for sure, out to for them. For sure. And like, there was so much information within that conference call. It would take us so long to go over every little tidbit within that call. So I kind of broke it down right. to a few of the top tier moments that at least I thought were relevant to our podcast and to our viewers. Um, I mean, one statement that he came out with, he straight up said, the NBA doesn't have to make a decision on restarting the season in May, nor does it have to decide right away in June either. So, I mean, with that being right. said, I think I take away that he's not going to rush through this uh, decision process, whether the NBA needs to come back ASAP or if we need to kind of think it out, wait it out. And um, I don't know. It just gives me some light that I think the league will eventually come back this season. We just don't truly know when. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? I think it's definitely coming back. I know. I, I mean, it's in the works. The way they're moving, you know, you could kind of tell by, um, you know, uh, LeBron is, of course, the head of right. the heads. Uh, so, you know, when he speaks, uh, you know, you can kind of count on him and Chris Paul's quotes because, like, you know, they're up there with them guys in them type meetings. And, you know, he said he didn't want to restart the season as well as a lot of other guys. And, I mean, you know, as long as they can stay safe, I don't see why they – once they get everything situated, I don't see why they wouldn't want to, you know, Right, do it. and that's the thing. I actually saw, like, an hour before we hopped on here today, Shaq came out saying, like, they should just forego the season. Um, whoever comes out with the title this year within this kind of kickstart will have kind of like an asterisk next to their name. Like, it won't really count. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't know that, about man. that, though. I mean, I, I, I can't – I don't think you can – kind of blame a global pandemic on a faulty NBA title. You can't take no championship no. from nobody. At the end of the day, they still played right. for it. And as long as it's a seven-game series, I don't see why it should be an asterisk near because they still had to play them seven games. Right, right. And that's actually – I'm so. glad you brought up that seven-game series thing because Silver did say he wants to continue the whole seven-game playoff series uh, schematic there. Um that's dope. The thing That's with dope. that, too, he was kind of saying, like, it will take less time to finish these seven games just based off of no travel in between games. And that means kind of like right. we were talking about last, last episode, um, they want to hold the playoffs or really the rest of the season if this really comes back into full swing here, either in Las Vegas or Orlando. So. That's big, man. I mean, you know, of course, we're hoping for that. I mean, I don't see why it can't work, honestly, as long as everybody's isolated still from, like, people, period, because, you know, I know they don't want right. the fans. So, I mean, and not saying that people have it or, you know, they, they're not people themselves, but, I mean, as long as they're staying away from crowds where they don't, you know, get in risk of getting it again, I don't see why they can't finish this for season. For sure, for sure. And that's kind of what he was talking about, too. I mean, obviously, whenever this, this season comes back, and he was also talking about the 2021 season as well, he was telling the players to essentially be ready for arenas, be ready for games without fans. Um, yeah, that's it, wild. It really man. is. It's, it, I don't know. Like, it's going to be challenging as a player to really get yourself going to play without that kind of background noise and just all the adrenaline. You never had to do that. 
you never had to do that unless you was at right. a scrimmage. Right, it's just it's crazy. Like the highest level of basketball is going to be played no with fans. literally no one there. Like it's, and I understand they're trying to be you know extra cautious, but I mean like you looking forward to next year? You don't. I mean, what if it? I mean, of course, it's never going to go away. Obviously, it's like the flu. But I mean, you know, just it's just crazy to think that they already looking forward to the right. fans. And the crazy thing is, and, like, they were talking about how fans essentially being in these arenas, being in house, accumulates for roughly forty percent of the league's revenue. Which I mean, bro, that's a right. lot of money right there. That's a lot of so, money. Oh, I don't know how the league <laughs> will really handle that. That's kind of what he was talking about. Like, this is definitely the toughest challenge the National Basketball Association has ever faced. Yes, definitely. And again, I'm you know I can't do nothing but uh, throw my hat off to Adam Silver because he's working, and you can see him working nonstop. Like, uh, you know, I just respect him because he's taking others opinions seriously you know sure. and he's he wanted to make sure like everybody is happy and satisfied and you know you you can't ask for nobody better than that at the at the top of the for top sure. and like kind of what with him reopening all these facilities i do like how he's not emphasizing these guys to immediately go back to work it's one up to up Definitely. to the franchises first and foremost and two truly up to the players if they don't feel like right. they're safe, they don't feel comfortable going back to work per se, they don't have to. All these workouts, all these facility runs are voluntary based. So kind of like you were right. saying, hats off to Commissioner Silver. Just He knows that safety is the priority of this, and that's just exactly. what it kind of comes down to. And even with that being right. said, bro, I've seen, I guess, a few players brought up to Silver that, um, some organizations they weren't named were pressuring their players to return to their cities to return for these volunteer workouts. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, that's crazy, bro. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's crazy. I don't. I, I honestly don't have no words for that because I mean, like, wow. right? Like, I mean, come on. I know it's a wow. business. I mean, I know you're trying to get the most out of wow. your product and within these franchises, their product are those players out on the court. But man, you can't, it, if I was in the NBA and someone was like, yo, Gerald, you got to return to the practice facility. You need to come in and get work in. I mean, Trade me I'm, not, I'm not one to really listen to anybody in that sense. I mean, obviously I respect everybody and anybody's decision toward my personal gain, but man, if you're telling me to kind of, Risk my personal health, my mental health. No, like, come on, man. Trade me ASAP, right. bro, because then that's that's telling me you don't care right. about me. And at the end of the day, it really is a business. But I mean, you know, it's the difference between playing with a sprained ankle and a broke finger and potentially catching something that right. can kill you. I mean, come on, like that's what I guess Silver addressed these issues with all thirty teams within the NBA. So I mean, that's good, but. I, it just kind of makes me sick that some dudes within these organizations were making, trying to make players come back. That's just, that's, that's not cool. Yeah, winning ain't that, winning ain't that. No, not, when it not comes right to health. now, at least. Not right now. Mm, nah, yeah. And, you know, Yeah, we'll I mean, kind of like we were talking about a few seconds ago, he definitely wants to keep that seven-game playoff series. And whenever the league kind of does come back in a full swing, 
we talked about this last last episode, but they're planning on holding roughly three week kind of training camps just to get these guys back into the full swing of things, get back in the gym within their actually team oriented groove. And I mean, I guess yeah. them coming out with that also gives me hope that the league's coming back. So I don't know. All we could do is keep right. I mean, everything get over. At, at the end of the day, things are really going to be tough. Not everyone's going to be happy. Not everyone's going to agree on every decision being made, whether that is the lowest guy on the totem pole or Adam Silver. Um, but right. kind of like we said, at the end of the day, safety is key. Safety is the main priority, and that's that. We're kind of going to drop it from there. For sure. So I definitely wanted to talk about Kevin Love's experience back to the Cavs practice facility. Um, did you read? Did happen to read that article at all? No, I seen something about it, but I didn't. I didn't even get the okay. chance. So to essentially, what he was talking about, he first and foremost, the first sentence within this article, he said, like, this is the longest time in his life where he's ever gone without getting shots up, without hooping, and like, just like all of us here, man, we're just normal dudes. I mean, we're coaches, we're trainers, but. In this time, we're, we're normal guys. And everybody just exactly. wants to get out there and play. And he was like, I'm going to do anything and everything to get back onto the court. And that's kind of where my mind is. Wow. I, I mean, hey, right. I dig it, though. I mean, he's staying, you know, as long as he's staying safe and, and clean and stuff. Right. I mean, why not? You know, end of the day, that's for sure. <laughs> and like, I mean, we all know Kevin Love is a huge av- advocate within the mental health community not even just within the nba but honestly within the world he's really brought a lot a lot of light to emphasizing mental health and just making sure you're good on all levels so with him saying that he he kind of came out like i just need to go i need to put a ball in a basket just to keep myself sane during these these crazy times so hey you never and people don't they never know what just that little thing for him might do, right? You know, so I'm. That at the end I mean, day, honestly, bro, I, I'm not too sure how it is back home. I know they took all the rims down back there too, right in Western PA. Uh, I ain't been past Emerson, but I know they did. You know, at Musser and a couple. Right. Other spots I know they, they did at Emerson. My dad told me that, but I don't know if okay, they brought them back back there. I know out here out in Baltimore, still no basketball rims are up and. Honestly, man, I feel, Kevin, like I would love to just go shoot for an hour each day just to clear my mind, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. But, and it's like we don't, we can't even look forward to it, you know? No, like, that's the thing, man. I mean, you can run around, you can dribble around. That I mean, that fills somewhat of the void, but you know how it goes. You you want to you put that ball in the hoop. Yeah, it's not like shooting and just, you know, hearing the ball hit, hit the right. nets, everything, right. every little detail. So. Kevin was kind of talking about how, honestly, we brought this up last episode. Um, He had to go, when he was pulling up to the facility, they made him go through a side entrance. The main entrance wasn't available, and we talked about that. Honestly, that's how it is in my hospital out here. Um, Go through the side entrance. He got initially screened, getting questions like, do you have shortness of breath? Do you have a cough? Any signs and symptoms? Have you been around anybody that might have the virus? No. Okay. Let me take your temperature. No, no temperature. All right, you're straight. You can go on it. So, I mean, that's definitely a good thing. That's a step in the right direction. Oh yeah, as long as they keeping everything safe, you know, you could, you can't really ever be mad at their decisions. And 
that's what I think some people got to get out their head is, you know, like these guys are human too right. with families. So, you know, they, they're going to play it safe before they play it stupid because, you know, I don't think a check is no, really worth not that. at all. And neither is a sport as much right. as I love it, you know, as much as we love and everybody else around, it's not worth it. For sure. And like he was talking about how they're still implementing that four players only within a facility at a time. And, all those players got to be at least 12 feet apart. So he was talking about how each player was able to get their own half court and each player was assigned one assistant coach where that assistant coach had to be wearing gloves and a mask. And all that, all that coach was there for was to rebound and pass. Um, right. Yeah. I, I don't see a problem with that. Me either. neither. You know. And the thing is – Because, I mean, you know um, – No, you're cool. No, you got it. Well, like the thing is like – he was talking about how like he was on one end and Seti Osman was on one other end and they haven't seen each other in a minute, you know, and they were just kind of right, yelling right. back and forth. And that just makes me think like, I mean, man, they're friends at the end of the day. That'd be like me and you working out on operate opposite ends of the court, just trying to catch up really, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, cause you know, you could talk to people like this and through zoom and FaceTime and Skype and all that. And, but it's not the same when you see somebody in person, especially when you're used to it every day. Right. You know, and it's like, like we said, once again, this is their job. So, like, they're doing something they love. And it's like for something to be snatched away so uh, unexpectedly right. and out of nowhere. It's like the NBA already took a big loss when they lost Kobe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, they was kind of set back from that. And then they finally got their groove back. And then this coming, you know, it's like... It's, it's a bad year. It is. It really is. I mean, there was a lot of other tidbits within that little Kevin Love article, but all in all, he was essentially just saying he's going to go use the facility three to four times a week just to kind of bring back some sense of normality within his life and just kind of keep him cool mentally and physically. So, For sure. That's Shout it, bro. out to K-Love, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I really respect Kevin Love. He's always one to kind of step out of his comfort zone and just bring – whatever he thinks to the table. And that's definitely a beautiful thing within today's game for sure. Definitely. Definitely, man. Definitely. What's the next, the next man? thing, bro. I mean, I know you've seen this one. Um, another notable prospect essentially saying no to the NCAA and taking like taking a different <laughs> route. Um, Alex Antetokounmpo, the youngest brother of the, the Greek bros. Um, he came out saying that he plans on playing professionally over in Europe next season instead of going with the NCAA. Man, I mean, we've been talking about this. You know, we like – we said we figured this was going to come up a lot. So, um, you know, that really don't surprise right. me as much as – because I don't think his brother went to college, did he? No. But so, uh, so he you know. only honestly came over to the States because Giannis was in Milwaukee and doing his thing. So the youngest bro came over here to – pursue kind of high school basketball within the States and see what he could do from there. But he came out and saying like, he wants to become a pro ASAP and he grew up in Europe. Exactly. He knows the European game and there's no better way for him to get to the NBA, get to the highest level of pro ball than playing against grown men and just kind of bettering his overall abilities. Do you see anything wrong with that? No, I mean like kind of like we've been talking about, bro. I mean, is the NCAA in trouble here? I mean, the G League and now also the overseas route, they're seeming like some good uh, outlets for these young prospects, man. 
I mean, and you know what? To be honest with you, bro, the ones that's doing that are also enhancing their game. So maybe, you know, like when they had, you could come straight out of high right. school to the pro, you know. So for them to be able to do this, them playing against grown men instead of college, that might actually enhance their game more, you know. So, like, they might be a little more polished once they do try to come to the NBA. And maybe some of them come to realization that they're not quite ready for the NBA yet and they stay over there for a few years like B. Jennings. Right. And then, you know, just hit the league when you can. But, you know, a lot of them are going to try to make that jump just because that's their dream. But either way, just that year playing against grown men and seeing how it is to be a professional without class and stuff like that, that's big for them. Oh, man. for sure. And, like, honestly, um, Alex, he isn't as highly touted as, let's say, Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, the guys that are going to the G League, the select team that they just announced a couple weeks ago. So, I'm not right. too, too sure if he even got offered to pursue that G League route. I mean, even if he did, obviously he's not going with it. But there's no harm in going overseas and betting yourself that way. Um, oh, definitely. I think it re- overseas is great basketball if you ask oh, me. Oh, for sure, bro. I mean, it's it's true basketball in the sense that there's actually ball movement, off-ball movement, and they really are very – they emphasize, I was going to say, they emphasize the little things, which I know both you and I really, really enjoy within the game. Mm-hmm. For sure. Bro. And the thing is, though, like, oh, I was going to bring up, like, with now, obviously, the G League and the overseas being very uh, influential within today's game. We grew up like, all right, I'm a, I'm a ball out throughout high school. I'm going to go to a blue blood uh collegiate program i'm gonna go to duke kentucky (laughs) and then i'm gonna go to the nba now do you think today's kids are like all right i'm gonna do my thing in high school and then right when i'm done with high school i'm gonna go get that bag yeah they definitely thinking that bag and they definitely thinking i just did 12 whole years of school i don't need that right and and they're telling me i don't need that you know so the, the world we living in now is it's easy to be influenced, whether it's good or bad, you know. So you see somebody taking a step one way to fill their dream, and they do it. Why can't I do it? Right. You know, and especially when you're a high recruit. For sure. You obviously go over there and, and last, you know. So, um, you know, they're definitely thinking get the bag. Right. And I, it, We was thinking college for four years. <laughs> not to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, for sure. That's we, how it was. You know, we was thinking, we was thinking college for four years, go out there, uh, go crazy with the crowd after a, a game winner. Right. You know, they're not thinking about that. Right. That's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I know young Mark was like, man, I'm trying to go to Kentucky. I know, <laughs> I, sure. I know me, I wanted to either go to Pitt <laughs> or Duke. And I, I, was, I was very high on both programs. And I really didn't see any other route of playing college ball, truthfully. And once those dreams were kind of hindered <laughs> based off ability, obviously, <laughs> I was like, all right, well, that's over. But it just makes me think, like, could you imagine yourself being like 12 or 13 and you're like, Oh man, like I can't wait to go play in the Euro league. That's just crazy. And it's like, there's an actual chance nowadays that you can make it over there. You know, like you, of course got, you got to be a dog, but like who's to say if we was coming up in this generation, we couldn't do that. You know what I mean? So like, it's just, it's just amazing how times change. And it's not over a period of, like, 10 years, 15. It's over a period of two to three years. You know, like, the wave went from being go to school, 
as long as you can, then maybe leave maybe a junior year to you bounce after your second year max to right. Coach Cal going to kid going to everywhere and started making that one and done. Mm-hmm. And now it's from one and done to you either one and done or you skip college. Right. Like it's crazy. It's just amazing though. Like I'm just happy to see everybody fulfill their dreams, honestly. For sure. It's just, like you said, man, it's just wild how much the game, how much the the route to the NBA, the route to pro ball has changed just throughout our young lifetime. I mean, we're only 24 years old here and just a lot. Exactly. And it's just like, and God, when we got a lot of life, Oh my gosh. Right. It's just like, I I just can't get my mind off. Like I, can you, it's just funny. Like think of yourself at like, like I said, 12, 13 randomly wearing like a Real Madrid Jersey instead of a Kentucky (laughs) t-shirt. Right. Like what, how, how do you explain that? (laughs) <laughs> to people who ain't really hoop fanatics, right. you know, they're like, "What is that? Whose team is that?" Like, like you gotta explain the full detail. For like, sure. you know, it's crazy, but I mean, that's the time we live in, and it's dope though because there's so many other ways to get to something. For sure, and that also shows the kids who, you know, might not be the best students, but they got some hoop game. There's other ways to reach your dreams. Rather, even if you don't make it to the NBA, you're still a pro overseas. Right. You know, so. Either way, it's just dope because a lot of kids is becoming pros. They're reaching a level. They're reaching the highest ceiling they can reach, and they're just playing something they love. For man. sure. And kind of just for the viewers, too, if this is your first episode tapping in with us, we've been covering all these different uh, journeys within um, attaining their, their dreams of making the NBA, a lot of these different routes that have been brought up within the last roughly month. Um, right. And we, we're huge advocates on the NCAA is not going to die based off these moves um kids when we were little were able to go straight to the nba out of high school so if that didn't kill the ncaa this isn't either um the ncaa is implementing new rulings where kids can kind of make some sort of profit off their image and likeness so and at the end of the day there's kids that aren't professional caliber players right out of high school so they're going to need a year or two or three or four within a collegiate program to make the jump either overseas or to the NBA. So the NCAA is going to yeah, be around. Yeah, going to be everywhere. Yeah, they're, they're going to always be there. Right. They just got to – they just <laughs> honestly got to play catch-up, bro, because the more and more these G Leagues and overseas start stepping up that bad, it's like, all right, you making me – you let me get a little money off my profit, but, like, they willing to offer me this amount. Man. Right just to play in no class you know so i mean it's still some people's dream to be a pro early but it's still their dream to play for the the, the great coaches like uh coach cal or coach shashesky or tom Izzo or penny hardaway because you know penny hardaway has been getting the top kids the past this is going on his third year next right year. And, he, and he's and, been uh, giving you know, them that bag too <laughs> <laughs> that bag <laughs> For sure. But, um, you know, that'll come up in a couple of years as soon as he win a national championship. Right. But, um, you know, I mean, it's still kids' dream to play for them coaches. But at the same time, it's like, do I really need to go play for them? Or should I just live my dream out as a pro without going to class? You know, so it's like, it's always a toss-up in the air. And some of them, I feel like they honestly don't really make their decision till the last minute. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at Jalen Green and Isaiah Todd. That, that was – those are two – very, very last-minute decisions. I mean, Isaiah Todd was committed. Right, right. That's true. That's true. I mean, and you know, so it's 
it's different, bro. Right. It's different. But can they last, though, is the next question. Uh, you know, they go over there. They playing with these teams. Not all of them is built like Melo to go over there and turn up and then, sure. you know, be draft ready. So it's like, is you going to go over there and get better or is you just going over there to get a bag and just say you a pro player right. and then just throw your name in the draft? So, and honestly, the thing that I've been thinking about lately, too, with all these different routes being implemented, like a guy like Jalen Green, I mean, obviously, heck of a talent, would be a phenomenal collegiate player. Now, Definitely. Within this G League Select thing, um, essentially all of their games, from what we've been talking about and reading about, they're exhibition games. So it's like, right. it's also kind of a way for guys like that to, I don't want to say hide, but it's it's a way for them to not get exposed within the collegiate world too, which right, could allow right. <laughs> them to keep that high draft stock as well. You know what I'm trying to get at? Exactly. I see where you come from, bro. So, yeah, that's true, though. So, like, I mean, like, if I'm if I'm a highly touted high school prospect, and I'm like, man, like, one, I don't want to get hurt. Two, I mean, no Hooper really thinks like this, but it's in the back of your head. Like, man, I'm not trying to get dogged out here and kind of lower my stock, or I don't want anything to happen to me where I won't be a top-tier pick. Maybe I'll just go to the exactly. team and kind of duck down there. For sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what everybody um, talk about when they be saying, when they go to college, they're like, you go to college and they pretty much use you for your money that they make off you. And then, you know, if you get hurt, you're pretty much washed, damaged goods. And that's what Coach Calipari's point is with the one and done reasoning. If you know for sure you're a, a one and done talent, why come and stay two years to get better? but waste just mess your stock up by getting hurt, you know? Right. So, like, it's like a give and a take. But, look, reality, they're millionaires after they leave college most of the for time. For sure. So, what they really need, their education right then and there for, they don't need it. They could still go back and get summer classes, Facts. which the schools allow them. So, you know, it's multiple ways around everything. For sure. Bro. It's just some people like it, some don't. Honestly, with you even bringing that up with Coach Cal, it, it makes me think of something. Two little quick points, and then we'll hop to the next topic. But um, I know, obviously, you're a fan of Tyler Hero out of Kentucky. Yeah. yeah Bro, you boy. seeing his new hair? <laughs> man. <laughs> well, yeah, white he, chocolate, he, he's, man. He's white different, chocolate. bro. He's different. But, like, I mean, what he you're is. saying about Coach Cal, like, he really persuade Hero to – because Hero was initially committed to – his hometown team of Wisconsin. And then Coach right, Powell's yeah. like, come over here. I'll groom you for a year, and then you can go get some money. And that's really yeah, – I mean, that, that's the name of the game, man. So that's the route that's going to be And that's taken. why they feel like – they feel like they'd be tampering with them players. Look at the list he got. Look at all the players he sent to the NBA. He, he does have three national championship appearances with one win. Okay, yeah, he only got one. But he's Coach Cal. These guys are household names, sure. you know. So when they come knocking at your door, I don't see, I don't see why people feel like, you know, they gotta really do too much. Which some coaches do, which, uh, you know, Kansas is actually under investigation, right? For that, but you know, it's just like, um, you know, some of them go to the extreme, but for the most part, they don't really have to do that just because of who their name is. So, you know, like, yeah, he definitely got Tyler over there, and I think that was the best decision for Tyler because you see what he was doing in the league. Killing. 
especially at the beginning of the season. So. Right, until he got hurt. So, yeah, man, I mean, the name of the game is go get that money, and I think we're going to be seeing that more and more often as the days go by, truthfully. We'll see that till they uh, bring back you to leave straight out of high school. I right, think. right. So, honestly, dang, one more thing with that, too. It just kind of hit me. Bro, could you imagine, like, uh, that G League select team playing the likes of Kentucky, Duke, Kansas, like, something like that? Ooh, my goodness, that would be lit. We got to start tweeting at the colleges. Bro, something. like, that might happen. For real. We got to make it. We got to make a hashtag or something, hey, bro. Start real. that movement. Th- that's like a college game. That, that's yeah, what I'm saying. All our fans, all our fans go on Instagram and Twitter and start uh, a hashtag of saying what? What are we going to put it as, G? G uh, League versus NCAA. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. We could put something like that. G League versus NCAA. Uh, what tournament or something? I mean, game. That's what I was, exhibition. It just made me think. Like, I mean, like I said, like literally two minutes ago, those G League games are considered exhibition games. They're not true. It's not a true season. You know what I'm saying? So like. Mm-hmm. And you never know. That's almost like a a, a graduate school, like right, thing, right, so. like a prep school. Right, exactly. So yeah, hey, let's let's all make it happen. Hey, sp- spam that up. Make them hashtags. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yep. What's the next topic, man? I, I know I sent you this, and I, I I figured you already knew this truthfully, but it's definitely something to talk about. Um, the kind of controversial uh, int- entrant that. Controversial kind of tidbits here, I guess you could say, between Steph Curry and Nike. Trey God, yeah, my boy, man. So honestly, it makes I mean, me think of like MJ and Adidas. Like Adidas didn't want to pay MJ, and that was that. MJ said, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to the next." Right. That's exactly what it was. Right. Bro. Because I mean, you look, you look at it. MJ did that, and each year his career went higher and higher. Oh, yeah. Steph Curry did that, and then he stopped wearing them. Under Armour came, and each year his career went higher and higher. And it's like they bought, they would have bought Nike so much. He would have bought Nike so much. Oh my gosh! I mean, dude, they fumbled it so bad. So I guess they fumbled that. I guess Nike reps were one. They were calling him Stefan, like Stefan Marbury instead of Stefan. (laughs) They that's disrespectful. The like project they were throwing at Steph was a prior pitch that they threw at Durant. And they didn't even bother to take Durant's photo or name out of the presentation. Wow, that's disrespectful. That's so crazy. That's disrespectful. Another thing I also heard, too, is he wanted to do stuff with, like, uh, his faith, and they didn't agree with that. I mean, come on, man. So that's three things right there where you fumbled that bag. And, like, Under Armour took him willingly. You could put whatever you you want on there. He even let his daughters customize one of his Yeah, that's sick. You, You know? So, like, that's just dope, man. Like, you know, they fumbled that bag. Right. But... I mean, and Nike, they didn't even match her Under Armour. They didn't even match Under Armour's initial offer of four mil. That's crazy. So, like, dude, just think if Steph was a Nike athlete after all those championships, after the MVPs, after everything. Bro, he'll be – I mean, he's making that good bag right now. Don't get me wrong. Oh, but his fast. bag would be stupid with Nike. But it's just he'd crazy, be up to like, Bron, Bron. don't you think – Like, up to a Bron, Bron, but I mean, as far as – how they pushing his Nike? Oh, facts. Well, that's the thing. Like Under Armour basketball would literally be nothing you without say, bro? Steph Curry. Yeah, thing broke up. I was saying like Under Armour basketball would literally be nothing without. Oh Steph. yeah, and you know he tried to sign um, Dennis Smith too. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. 
and he, you know, he was uh, trying to get Dennis Smith on the team with him, right, right, over there at Under Armour. Yeah, I mean, and Joel Embiid. So, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. His career really hasn't panned out too, too well. But I figured it wouldn't though. I, I think he should have stayed in school a couple of years. Probably, but hey, trying to get that money, you know how that go. <laughs> get that bad. <laughs> but I definitely wanted to just bring that up real quick. Steph Curry and Nike. Nike, you messed up, man. Sorry. Yeah, you dropped that bag. <laughs> You pulled the Adidas on. But, yo, how about – um, I know you sent me this, I think, actually, um, talking about Len Bias. Man, did you get to t- – oh, man, did you have work today? No, I didn't work today, so I got to watch that game. Yeah, I about to say, did you get to check him and MJ yeah, out? Yeah, so for you guys that don't know what we're talking about, ESPN re-aired a game today. Uh, it started at 3. It was – the University of Maryland with Len Bias against none other than Michael Jordan and University of North Carolina. So right, right. for y'all that don't know who Len Bias is, he was the number two overall pick in the 1986 draft. Um, the Celtics af- actually snagged him after just winning an NBA championship. And he, to put it in the kindest light, passed away due to an overdose. Um, rest in peace to him. But yeah. It just makes you kind of think, man, like how crazy would the Celtics have went if he was able to join their dynasty at that time? Bro, they were saying he was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan or better. Right. So, I mean, like, I mean, he was for Boston. To, go ahead. I, I was just going to say he was going crazy in this game. I just watched. <laughs> yeah, that, bro. That's what I'm saying. Like, he was lo- he was low key locking MJ up at times, bro. Right. Like, so, like, they was battling and, like, um, you know, to, for Boston to give up a few picks to go and get him, you know, after they, like you said, they just won. He must have, they must have seen something special in him. And it's, um, it's just unfortunate the way he passed, right. you know, because I mean, I wish I could have seen his NBA career pan out because it definitely would have been dope to see him at MJ. For sure. And if anybody's wondering why they played Lynn Bias and MJ versus each other, is because tonight, the last dance. Yes, sir. Episode. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yes, sir. But, I mean, so. like, Len Bias, I mean, arguably one of the greatest college talents the game has seen, truthfully. Two-time yes. uh, ACC Player of the Year. And, man, I mean, I, like like you said, like, it would have been crazy to see him and MJ and all the other greats go at it in the in the A. Um, I mean, just sure. based off what I've seen, like, obviously I've heard about him, I've read about him, but I never actually saw full-on gameplay. And for me, right. And I know you're. You think the same way, and I know a lot of other coaches kind of have the same outlook on it. I don't really judge players off highlights. I like judging them off of full game film. For sure. And I mean, sure. he was nice, man. His mid range was crazy. Obviously, at that point, they didn't have the three ball, so you didn't really have to worry about that. Exactly. He played the game the way a, a shooting guard or a small forward would. Right. And that's the thing, too. He could defend all the way from one to five. Right. I know? mean, he was 6'9". So he was <laughs> – right. So he was definitely going to be something special. You know, he just – unfortunately, what happened, happened. But, man, I mean, bro, he was going to be a monster. Right. And Like, his his mid-range was crazy, oh, like you said. it was I nice. Mean, and it was – that game was honestly very enjoyable to watch just based off of – the pass-oriented play, um, there was just so much off-ball movement, man. Like, that's that's the game that I know we like to preach and we like to practice, and just seeing it at a very high level there was phenomenal. Yeah, man. And it's just like they make it look so effortless, you know. Like, it amazes me how 
the times change. Like now, if and this is in from the youngest grade all the way up to the NBA, right? Uh, if if a guy can't do something, some coaches will work with him to get it right, but for for the most part, coaches get lazy with it and just say, "Whatever you're good at, go do that." You know, and it's like you look back at that time, one through five was you able to at least dribble the ball enough to, you know, control it, and they could like, you know, they're not gonna get ripped or have to turn their back to their defender, right? You look at it now, you got people like DeAndre Jordan who's really not good for nothing but jumping. Right, and that's the thing, bro. Like, today's game truly is based off of specialties. You, yes. You're good at one to two things max, and that's your role, and you do that full-heartedly. Or like you were saying back in the day, you, you had to do a little bit of it all. Obviously, right. there were guys that were better at certain uh, aspects of the game than others, but it wasn't like, um, I don't know, like a Danny Green type player. There was no, like, you're only out there for three balls and defense. Exactly. Nothing else. As, as soon as you dribble, they're running at you like they're going to tackle you to get the ball. Off. Right. That's <laughs> crazy. Like, But, I mean, that's times really change, bro. And it's like, um, you know, there's still them coaches out there, that the type of coaches we had, that still preach all that little stuff matters. But it's just like, for the most part, you watch it, and it's just like, if you're good at something, you go and be good at that. And it's like, you'll gradually work on it, but you're only going to be at a certain level because you just started working on it. Right. You know, so it's just it's just crazy, bro. That that game was definitely dope, though. Oh, well, I didn't get to finish it, though, but it was dope. Right. And on, just a little side note, um, Jordan didn't get the win in that, in that game. And they were running a box and one on Michael Jordan at the college level, which is pretty crazy to me. Yes. You don't see and he that. He wasn't even averaging. But what, 20 something, I think? No, bro. I seen he was averaging, four, it was like 14.7. So 15. Oh, he's averaging 14? Yeah, and roughly wow. roughly five boards a game. Wow. Because that what, what year was that? Was that his sophomore year then? That game would have been that or game. His junior year. Junior year. Okay, okay. Which was his wow. crazy year, truthfully. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought he averaged 20. So for him to average 14 and they put him in a box of one. Like he was, wow. he was different, bro. He was different. <laughs> that dude, man. Yo, but what you were just talking about too makes me think of something like even within our playing days, right? Like we were, we were point guards. We were kind of floor generals, I guess you could say. Naturally, right. that's kind of just how we played the game. That's how we felt the game out. But that's not all we did based off the coaches that we had and based off of the mindsets that we had. We weren't like okay. I'm only going to bring the ball up the court. I'm only going to set up the offense, and that's that. Right. We right, wanted to be sure. good at all aspects of the game. And I know, kind of like I said a little bit ago, there are specialties within today's game. But I just want to put out there to all young players, try and be great at everything. Don't be one-dimensional and just kind of broaden your horizons within the game of basketball. Definitely, bro. Definitely, man. Because, listen, I be hearing kids. This is one thing I hate about this generation when they talk. Um, you you go into the game, you talk and smack. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You lose, and the first thing you say is, I don't care. I scored 20, though. You know, like, that ties into what he just said about broadening horizon I getting better. Just like you want to get better at everything, you want to think about how you got better and how you, your team got better. And you want to, you know, right. win the game. You don't want to just go out there and score twenty. 
because you didn't get better or your team didn't get better. You just went out there and probably shot up a lot of shots to get 20 points, you know. So just play the right way and get better, like he said, and then also get your team better so you can win. For sure. Bro, I I hate that when, like, after a loss, after a tough loss, anything like that, well, well, coach, I mean, I did this, I did that. Like, that doesn't bother – or, like, that doesn't matter. We did not win the game. Right, and where is I and team at? There is I mean, that's the oldest saying in a book, you know, but it's the truth. So It takes five guys, bro, five guys. Five guys to get the game started, and it takes however many more you got on the bench to make it happen with them, you know, so. And your coaches got to pull through, too. For sure. So, everybody listening, don't be one-dimensional. Get yourself right in all aspects, all levels of the game, and go from there. Run with it and see where it takes you, man. That's all. That part, yeah, for sure. But, bro, we actually – I wanted to talk about this last episode, but uh, our interview there kind of <laughs> took the emphasis there. I mean, it was a good interview for anyone that didn't listen to it. It was just – the connection was – A lot of technical difficulties. It, it was whack, like that. to say the least. But, yes. So I seen this – it would have been, what, last Thursday then, but it's still relevant today. Um, Swin Cash, WNBA go- uh, GOAT, great player. Um She's one of only yeah, six women to ever win a collegiate title, WNBA, FIBA, and Olympic gold medal. So just to put yeah, that into sir. the light, I mean, she was a dominant, dominant basketball player, women yeah, or sir. men. You know what I'm saying? Shout so, out to her. I actually didn't know this. I want to see if you if you knew it. I'm not sure if I sent it to you, but she went to McKeesport High School in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I knew that. I did not know that. Yeah. How, how did I, I not that. know that? <laughs> I don't know, bro. Well, that, I don't know. Well, that's what Sam, Sam Crow, obviously one of our big fans here on the pod, sent it to me. And he didn't. Shout Crow, man. Shout Crow. Right. He didn't know it. And I was like, dang, I didn't know that. And then I sent it to my boy, Coach Will Gadsden, over at Northwestern High School. He's going to be on the show coming soon. Um, he graduated from McKeesport. And he's like, bro, how didn't you know that? I'm like, dude, I, I honestly, I don't know. It, I just didn't. I think it was overlooked, though, you know? I at, guess. At the end of the day, because they, really, they don't really put as much information about the WNBA players as they should. They really don't. And she was before our time a little bit. So, you know, like, social media already don't even show them attention now. So they really wasn't giving her, you know, that attention. And you, you probably looked at it and didn't even peep that it said McKeesport, you know? So, well, I, yeah, she's definitely from there, though. Right. Well, honestly, I've seen it because uh, Bob White, from over at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, he was the one that threw out the article. So obviously, I recognized the name. I was like, okay, it's from Pittsburgh. Like, let me see what this is. And then I was like, wait, McKeesport? Like, in the Whippeal? Like, that's crazy. But what I'm trying to yeah, what I'm trying to get at is, um, so obviously, phenomenal basketball uh, player ended up going to UConn, doing her thing there. But her senior right. year, after her basketball season ended, she randomly ran track um she actually participated in the 100 meter hurdles i mean i know we're not really track guys so but i just wanted to bring up that she she won like a class 3a title there but it just showcases the overall athleticism that women in the past game and today's game truly have and i just wanted to bring that up and kind of spitball that to you one thing you're gonna always hear on this podcast is never sleep on women to do anything period but we we talk a lot of basketball so you know them women can hoop and she's definitely talented you know 
So shout out to her, man. Right. And that's what we, we talked about it either on our first or second episode. I can't even remember. Um, we were talking about da- Diana Taurasi, one of the goats. And we were just obviously high, high praise for all of women's athletics, truly. And we also have another Division Two former uh, girls player that wants to hop up on here. So stay tuned for that. Eventually we'll get that scheduled out here. But what I wanted to ask you, though, it kind of made me think seeing her playing basketball and then going over to the track world. Do you think kids growing up should focus on one sport or do you push them to play multiple sports? It just depends, bro. Honestly, uh, honestly, I'd be wanting kids to play multiple sports so you can have multiple coaches and you see like uh, how to be able to turn things in life or like a certain sport, turn things into certain situations or, you know, anything into something else because like, you know, we play multiple sports. Like, you play soccer, baseball, and basketball. I play football, baseball, and basketball. Right. You know, like, in all three of those sports, I had to be, like, the the main position. I was quarterback in football. Right. I'm a pitcher, <laughs> pitcher, shortstop in baseball, and then, you know, point guard. So, like, yes, sir. they all, you know, they all taught me how to be a leader in different ways. And, um, you know, honestly, it didn't affect my grind on none of the sports because, you know, we just love sports and being outside. So, like, I was always somewhere, so to make a long story short, yes, I encourage it for the most part. But, you know, like, now AAU and flag football out our way kind of interfere with each other, you know, because they're both in the summer. Right. So it's so it's like if, if it comes to a sport like that, I kind of would like, if you were a hooper for real, I would kind of like the kids to, you know, choose AAU. But when it comes to, like, in school stuff like football, baseball, basketball, track, yeah, definitely do them. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, definitely when we were growing up, we played them all and we all we played the same position in every sport. And right. like you touched on, I like that you brought it up. Playing different sports allows you to attain different coaches and kind of learn from different individuals that might give you something that the next guy might not give you. Um, right, right. So obviously I went to a parochial school growing up. So the coaches I had there were definitely a little different than the coaches I had in Farrell. At a city school. So, (laughs) I mean, to say the least, but like everything allowed me to kind of mature at a younger age and just gave me different outlooks on whatever sport I was really trying to master. I mean, I think both of us, obviously, we host a basketball oriented podcast and we played many, many years and basketball is always our number one sport. But there's definitely no negativity shown to playing other sports to kind of fine tune your skill sets. And just kind of right. just gain, man. I mean, like, like you said, like, I mean, during, I know both of us during our baseball seasons, football, soccer, whatever, we were still going to open gyms within our basketball program. Definitely. Too. Definitely. Yes. Yes, bro. I mean, it's, it's never enough sports. And to touch on what you said, like, that's what's wrong with this generation. Like, they feel like one sport is too many sometimes. And it's just like. Right, bro. Uh, you know, like, I, I just don't know how to look at that because, like, we had passion for every sport we played, bro. Like, right. we hated losing. Like, that's just – that was our passion. Like, me and you was best of friends, and on the baseball field, you couldn't tell. Like, no, not at all. And on, and on the basketball court either, you know, and it's just like, by the end of the day, we cool as ice, you know. like, right. and And that's just what it is, you know, but that's the competitive spirit. Like that we had, and it's like it kind of fails. It's it fell real short now with these kids because like all these games and phones and everything is out. Like 
they don't really got nothing to look forward to. Right. You know? So, like, they don't really – they don't touch on looking at mo- multiple sports no more because they don't even really look to focus on the main one that they kind of want to be good at. And to also touch on what you said, if the more sports you play, that's how you pan out which one you really want to, you know, pursue. Exactly. In the but they and, don't really look at it like that. And that's the thing, too. Honestly, so for you, I'm glad you said that. So you played multiple sports growing up, but then, correct me if I'm wrong, but throughout high school, you focused on hoop, right? For sure. Yeah, I played football my ninth grade year, and then that was like my last year. Okay. And you didn't you didn't end up playing baseball? Nope, not nope. after our 12th year. Only. Right. Yeah, man, I tried to get you to play in our senior division, but you're you're a Sharon boy by then, so I, I couldn't persuade you. But uh, so I guess that's our little uh, difference there. So throughout right. high school, you essentially narrowed it down to just hoop, where I played soccer, basketball, baseball. And then actually senior year, I kind of did what Cash did. I randomly did track. But right. Um, so what was that like? What was that like, bro? What playing track or just playing them all? track uh, track i mean truth be told it was just something for me to do with my boys just to kind of cap off senior year um Word. okay it was fun truthfully I, I mean i ended up going to districts for it and like if i could go back i probably would have pursued that over high school baseball just in the fact that it would have helped me with my training for basketball and soccer oh my goodness yes bro but i mean that that's a whole different conversation really but like for sure I think playing multiple sports, at least for me, allowed me to never truly get tired of the game that I'm focusing on. And also just allowed me to – it kept me intact that, like, when I was playing soccer, I was like, okay, when I get home from soccer practice, I need to go do some push-ups, some sit-ups. I need to get in the basement and work on my ball handling. So when basketball comes, I'm not a scrub. (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? And, like, obviously, dudes that only hooped or dudes that only played one sport, they were doing that all year long. So, like, I was like, man, like, it made me, like. got to play catch-up. Yeah, and, like, I'm not one to play catch-up in anything. So, like, I made sure I was always on top of my stuff. And I don't know. I I just don't think there's a negative light on kids today playing multiple sports. I encourage all the kids that I come, come in contact with to play multiple. But there's levels to it. Like. For sure. You can't just be a seasonal athlete by any means. Mm-mm. because you're going to have to put work in everything you do or you're just going to be sitting there right and that's the thing like i've came across kids where they're natural athletes they're they're great at what they're they're doing during that time but right season to season they kind of just uh go through the motions and and thrive within that period in time they don't look forward to the mm-hmm. next so right i just encourage kids to yeah, I mean, if you want to play multiple sports, by all means, do it. But don't get be- be great. Yeah, don't get behind on the next sport that you're playing as well. Right. I mean, honestly, bro, they're too young to be talking about. Oh, I'm too tired. I mean, yeah. If oh my gosh. You, you know, like when you first starting a, a sport and you want two a days where you getting right, that's one thing. Right. But even then, bro. We were still out playing after the fact. You know, right. they're too young to be talking about you can't work out two sports. Bro. There was times <laughs> where we was coming from two a days for football. We go to open gym. I got to go back to football. We got lift. Like, right. Bro. Dude, that is just so funny. Like, I remember my, my high school basketball coach, Coach Mancino, great, great coach back there. We've talked about him on here before. But he used to always mm-hmm. get on guys, say that there's 24 hours within a day, especially for high school kids within the summer months. 
I mean, there's no excuse to not go to multiple workouts per day. That's and if you're only playing one sport, if you're or if you're playing multiple. And kind of like you touched on, I mean, throughout my whole high school career, I would go to soccer in the mornings and then basketball in the evenings. That's just how it right. was. I mean, I liked it though. Like that's what I wanted to do. There was nothing else to do. Just stay busy. Right. I mean, what like I that's like, kind of like you said, like the mindset of today's generation is just all right, I'm going to go to my hour-and-a-half, two-hour workout, and then I'm going I'm to sit on the game the rest of the day. <laughs> and just be cool with it. Like, I, I got better. Man. And, but but meanwhile, you jogged through the whole workout. Right. So you, it was the summer. So you didn't benefit at all. <laughs> right. You just showed up just to see you showed up. Right. That's all. So, but uh, what's, what's another topic we got, bro, before we uh, – you know, cap off uh, with uh, the question. Right, yeah. We're, we're flying through this hour. Um, the last thing, really, I wanted to touch on was, obviously, LaMelo Ball. You know, we got to have our big baller brand uh, dun, dun, moment dun, dun, dun. here. You know how I go. But um, <laughs> So, and an analyst for the NBL, NBL, which is the league over in Australia where LaMelo played this past year, uh, Corey Homicide Williams. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Uh, he played in the NBA for, I believe, four years. Played in the NBA, NBL for multiple years, and that's kind of why he's an analyst over right. there now. But he's the dude that a couple months ago initially came out with the statement claiming that Mellow Ball was being offered a hundred dollar, like a hundred million dollar offer in a private jet from some shoe company, right? right? So he was he was the one that came out with that whole schematic, and then he also on an interview this past week from one of the guys I follow on Twitter, Instagram. You can follow him at DKM. Um, he's a big baller brand advocate, kind of like me, truthfully. Mm-hmm. But he actually had this Homicide Williams on his YouTube channel. And all Homicide was saying, like, he said, I'm not going to say anything, but let's let's connect the dots. Like, who, who did LaMelo Ball sign with recently as his agent, Rock Nation? Who's affiliated with Rock Nation? Jay-Z. Jay-Z's affiliated with Puma Hoops, and that's kind of what he left it at. Wow. So, I mean, we've been talking about that the last couple yes. episodes. Right. So, I just wanted to bring that up so all y'all that are kind of following along, obviously, stay tuned for Mellow Ball to sign with Puma Hoops and maybe Lonzo and Jello, who knows, maybe a big baller brand collab will come about, kind of like what we talked about the last couple of weeks. But something you sent me today, too, you want to talk about that uh, – potential trade with the Knicks and the Warriors. No, nah, we're going to save that. Let's let's talk about the last dance. Yeah, you we got save our, it? our weekly okay. uh, last dance talk, All so right. we'll save that for next one. Yeah, you're right. You're right, yeah, you're right. So, um, you know, what's your, what, what's your thoughts on uh, what you might see tonight? What you what, who Who's supposed to be in it tonight? Did they say? Um, Tonight tonight is based off when he okay, retires then. the first time in pursuit of Okay, then, baseball. so what's your thoughts on it? What's up? I mean, obviously, like, just from an outsider's uh, point of view, because, like we always say, we weren't we weren't around during this time, so we we don't have the top tier uh, aspect within this topic, right, really. Right. Um, but just me knowing the background of it, obviously, he wanted to pursue baseball once his father right. passed away, because that was kind of a promise they had together for Michael to play professional right, baseball. Right. Um. And we know he didn't really do too well over there. What, he played double-A ball, yes, I believe? Yes, I think that's what it was. So, I mean, 
I'm definitely interested to see if they followed him around during that little baseball stint. That's gonna be oh, sick. bro, that's gonna be dope. And you know, I, today is gonna unleash a lot as far as what his internal thoughts was once he lost his father, what his mind frame right. was, like everything, bro. And it's just like we needed this episode because you know we're okay. We seen about Isaiah Thomas, you know, we seen about. Um, you know, him playing against Kobe. We've seen about everybody else, but it's just like now we like, we kind of want to be in depth why you was bored with basketball. You know, like you were at the highest right. of the high. You was on a three-peat and you could have possibly went for a four, five, six. We don't know. You know, so, Man. I mean, it's going to be dope. Yeah, and that's kind of, we we touched on it last week, like throwback to when we were talking about him playing in that Scottie Pippen All-Star game and him coming out saying like, I didn't say I was completely done with the game of basketball. I was just done with, like, a official gameplay, per se. So, obviously, we know that didn't pan out. He ended up coming back to the right. A, but I'm excited for tonight, bro. I mean, always. Definitely. But I'm also sad. It's, it's already episode seven. Yeah, we got one more week, bro, and then what we got, what we got to talk man. about on Sundays, man. Man, I mean, you know we'll always get a cracking. Not but... no last dance cracking, man, you know. It's it, last right, dance right, right. what I mean to the fan, you know, so it's just for sure, definitely for dope. sure. So, I mean, uh, on Tuesday, our next episode, obviously, we'll cover episode seven and eight of the last dance. So if y'all want to hear about that, tune back in on uh, for Tuesday, sure, man. And uh, what's up? What's up with the question of the day? We got a question from our fan, from our fan and our boy, uh, my boy, uh, Fresh, you know, he, he rapped too. So go check his stuff out. Fresh drip mud, uh, you know, that's what it right. is. Right. So he actually sent us two breaking barriers questions of the day. So shout out to bro. Thank you for sending these in. Um, the first one I'm going to throw at you is he asked us what inspires the both of us. And that's kind of uh, open to any necessity, really. I don't know if he was directing it towards our podcast or just I think life. It's both. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, my answer is based off of both. Truthfully, I kind of combine mm. one answer. So, I mean, truthfully for me, my inspiration, I mean, my my parents for sure. But the one that's always pushed me and, like, I don't know if she truly knows it is my sister, Danielle. Yeah, shout um, out to big sis. She's finishing up her – right. So, she's finishing up her final year of her medical residency, which is just unreal. I mean, she's about to be a straight-up doctor. She's moving back to the Pittsburgh area this summer. Shout out to her. But, like, I mean, she's just always pushed me. I don't think she really knows that, whether that was in school, sports, anything, just because I saw her doing great things in the classroom. And she hooped, too. She had a few kind of, I don't know, difficult times within it. She ended up playing. She did not end up playing in high school. She should have. I always tell her that. But – I always kind of wanted to make sure I lived up to the last name, the Zachar name, just based off her. Because I was always little bro. I was always kind of in the shadow. So she always has inspired me and motivated me. And she's definitely helped me become the guy I am today within my professional career, basketball career, and even just my short uh, podcasting career. Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, what inspired me is just my family as a whole, you know, like, I mean – you know, that's all you really got at the end of the day. So, but uh, as I was growing up, they just always gave me a reason to believe that I could do whatever it was, no matter the situation, no matter where I was, who I was, 
up against or anything like that. You know, they just always made everything possible. And then, like, they surrounded right. me in the way of, um, you know, go fulfill your dream, go push at your dream, and we got your back. And we're going to show you the ropes to what life is like, but at the same time, we're going to give you your chance to try to fulfill what you want to do. And um, you know, that was just big because not everybody got their family behind them, backing them, you know, and and no. not everybody got people in their ear telling them that they could constantly do it, even when you feel like you can't do it. So, you know, uh, shout out to the fam, man. That's who inspired me. Right. Bro, honestly, like, even just from me, like, seeing your family, us growing up together, um, you have two of the dopest people <laughs> ever. Shout out to the Uncle Calvin. And, Kirk, like, man. right, I mean, they were, like, tremendous coaches for us as young kids, young men, really, playing in Feral Little League Baseball. And with, with guys like that in your back pocket, like, how can't you – be motivated how can't you kind of push yourself to the limit so i definitely hear what you're saying within the whole family for sure, aspect man, bro for sure bro what's the second question those oh, are two bro. goats hey, man. listen listen g <laughs> you know what's up with them man all-star man games. next time i'm in town oh, yeah, i gotta sure. see I'll, them I'll, I'll swing you by their career bro we could do that right right what's the second question sure. though and the second question was what is or was our favorite hoop or basketball moment really now i'm a the way i'm gonna throw this truthfully like i had a lot of great experiences while i was playing i mean one district 10 championship i'm jealous um, of that one a lot of personal yeah yeah, yeah. you got that a <laughs> lot lot of lot of personal accolades whatever but truthfully my greatest basketball moment was last year uh, being an assistant coach on a high school staff with my boys over in uh, Albion in Erie, right. Pennsylvania. We played our uh, region rival at home. And this team, man, I mean, they're prominently known to hold the ball the entirety of the game. They kind of just they, – they stall. Like, they don't want you to score, and they truthfully don't want to score until they get a backdoor layup or until there's a free throw line. So. It, it was just, yeah, dude, it, it was a long game to say the least. But to kind of keep this story light, our our best player, our 1,000-point scorer, ended up hitting a game winner against them at home. It was a senior year. That was just crazy for me, being a part of that and seeing the excitement from the kids, the fans. Like, that was just crazy for me. So that was definitely my favorite basketball moment. Hey, that's day. dope, man. Hey, what's, the, what's the dude that hit the winner name? You got to shout him out. Uh, Rock. Rob Everhart. I don't know if he tunes in. He might. I know a couple of my former players do. I've been throwing okay, their names okay. out here. But, Rob, if you're listening, man, you, you definitely – you got the best of me, man. We used to butt heads a little bit, but all For love. sure, you know, bro. And, I mean, I got to piggyback off yours. Not the same story, of course, but, uh, you know, mine is also a culture moment. And it's like not because I fulfilled a dream that I wanted at as in winning a championship as a coach, even though that's my goal every year and that's going to be my goal as high as I right. move up. But it's also getting these kids better. And it's like um, when I first started with the group I had, it was in fourth grade. Like I stated in previous episodes, nobody really, you know, wanted that group. Like they didn't think they could be right. what they turned out to be, you know. And it's like it was a lot of grueling, hard practices with these guys, you know. Like they only in fourth grade. <laughs> You know, so you got to you got to be patient right. with them. But like the more and more we grew together, it's like we started acting like each other. And I don't mean like I was acting childish, this and that. But I mean, like we was all just like one, you know, and it's like 
they took so many losses in the championship when they got in fifth grade the next year and they finally won one. It was just like so heartfelt and warming to see them finally get something they so overly hard, hardly worked for, you know, like it's just like they deserved it because like these kids, I mean, and I hate to say this and sound like a typical person who lose, but like, you know, a lot of them games, our kids should have pulled out, you know, but you know, some reps that that need to get paid for the moment. <laughs> you can't, you can't beat that. So, right. You know I mean, end of the day, no excuses. We still lost, but I mean, you know, not to make a long story short, it's the same with them, man. My little fifth grade team at the time, now they're in sixth grade, going to seven. Right, that's awesome. I mean, it just shows the maturity of you and them, really, just growing together. And the more work you put in, the more time you spend together, and you kind of trust the process. There, you end up getting that uh, the championship for sure, bro. And truly, that I, I love how both of our answers are both are uh, based off of coaching. Experiences yeah, man. I too. mean, honestly, bro, I don't. I like you said, we got our we got the accolades, but I mean, that was never really my intention. Like, I could take, I nah. could give all that back if somebody could tell me right now I could go play for states. I'd be back in high school to play for states, you know, because that's putting on for my right. city, my team, and my uh, you know, everything else besides me. It's bigger than me. So you know, facts, facts, facts. Right? I mean, hey, we're just trying to grow in this basketball world, and that's kind of what we're doing with this podcast within our coaching schemes and learning from there, man. Sure. So this is uh, this caps off another episode of the Breaking Barriers pod. Um, kind of like the way we end every episode, man. Hit us up. Uh, hit me up at GZ underscore hoops on Instagram. Send me any questions y'all want to hear us answer on Tuesday's episode and plug your social at, too, yeah. bro. <clears throat> Excuse me. Breaking Barriers training all one. And like he said, saying tap in, we will respond. We not rude, you know. We just we just want to hear y'all opinions because y'all <laughs> the ones who's making all this possible. So yeah, man, we've been we've been getting a lot of love, man. We we definitely appreciate it. It makes us want to get more. Want yeah, to man. Keep Shout going. out to Apple Anchor and uh, you know anybody else that's putting our stuff out there too. So yes, another great day, bro. Enjoy the rest of your night. Tap yes, in sir. with uh, last day. Right, bro. I'm gonna tap in with you, bro.